It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. God bless and honor the re reading of his word, and you may be seated. There's a very popular, very popular series out right now. You can call it a mini series, but it's a series out right now. In fact, season four is about to come out. It's very, very popular. And uh, I've only gotten to watch a few episodes here and there, but I like it so far. What I've seen of it is very good. Now, they have to fill in some gaps here and there because no one was really around, uh, except for a few of the authors, a couple of the authors, of the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those Gospels. And uh, so they have to fill in some gaps in the moments that are not mentioned in the Bible. That doesn't bother me. It never has. Fill in the gaps as long as it doesn't change the meaning behind the Bible, as long as it doesn't change the meaning or take away from the Bible. It doesn't bother me to, to have a few little things as long as it doesn't change the point or erase anything. It shows how the people have personalities and flaws, but were chosen by God to fulfill a role in Jesus' life. To have a but they were chosen by God to fill a role. And have a relationship with God. In fact, and I'm sure you know by now that the name of this play, of this uh, series, is called Chosen. That's the name of this series. Perhaps you've seen it, perhaps you haven't. But Chosen is very good. It's well casted. It's it's got a great cast, and it's it's got uh, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, watch Chosen. Now I plan on getting every single episode to watch them all. Maybe we'll watch some here. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But Chosen is very good. It's well done. Some people complain about certain little things, but those are just little things. I, I personally don't. I like it. I think they've done a good job. But chosen is important. In fact, the title of today's sermon is called Chosen for Christmas. Now, this is not a promotion of that series. This is a promotion of the Lord God. And he has chosen certain people for certain things, certain people for certain roles in the life of Christ. We oftentimes think about Jesus Christ, how he lived and died. And they leave it at that. Well, he did live. He did die. But he didn't stay dead. He's alive now. And he's in heaven waiting for his time to come back. And he lives in you. And he's chosen you. He's chosen you for Christmas. He has. Amen, honey. That's exactly right, little darling. He's chosen you. He's even chosen little Amara there for a certain role. We just don't know what yet. He's chosen me. When I was, a, he chose me to be a pastor of this church. Now, whenever I was told that years ago, I thought, there's no way. There's just no way. No way. But God's not wrong. I was. God is never wrong. He chose certain people. So let's start with before Christ came, prophets were chosen. And we're going to talk about that. Moses was chosen. And we're only going to read a little bit about what Moses wrote. I mean, he wrote the first five books of the Bible known as the Torah. But we're going to read Numbers. Chapter 24, verse 16 and 17. In Numbers 24, 16 and 17, it says, this is Moses speaking. Now, I could have read some of the other things. I could have chosen that, but I didn't because in this case, it is literally Moses speaking in those books. Now, I say the other ones, it's always God speaking to Moses, and we know that. You have to believe that. But in this case, it's Moses quoting Moses. <laughs> but it says this, the declaration of him who fear, who hears the words of God 
and knows the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty falling down, yet having his eyes uncovered. I see him, but not now. I look at him, but not near. A star shall appear from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall smash the forehead of Moab and overcome the sons of Sheth. This was said. Now, last week, we had ourselves a play here. And I had different people come and play the different prophets. And I chose different people to play the chosen prophets. My nephew played one of them. Uh, my dear friend back here, uh, Kale, played Moses. And I had different people play different people. I had another nephew play Isaiah. They were chosen for the, my friend Jeremiah. Jeremy, who I call Jeremiah, he doesn't care for that much. My friend Jeremy played Jeremiah. So another chosen prophet was Daniel. Daniel. Daniel said in his book, Daniel, chapter 9, verse 25, Know, therefore, know, therefore, and understand, this is Daniel 9, 25, Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the prince Messiah shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, it shall be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of trouble. Now, why would I read that? Because that's saying that God told Daniel exactly when the Messiah was going to come. He knew. Now, we may not know exactly when the Messiah is going to come again, but he's going to come. And we need to be prepared. We better be prepared and ready. He's living in you now. Be prepared when he will come again for us. He spoke to the chosen prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, we're going to read three of those. Uh, is that right? Yes, uh, three of those. The first one is Isaiah 7.14. Therefore, Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's right, Emmanuel. That's exactly what they called him. Now you see, that was one of his surnames, if you will. But you can imagine hearing that and assuming that would be his literal name. There are so many prophecies given where he'd be born, how he'd be born, when he'd be born, what he'd be called. They probably took all this literally, and they did. They expected in their understanding, in their way, just like we do. Oh, he's going to come and he's going to when Rome falls and when Germany and when it, folks, as it says in Proverbs chapter three, don't leave your own understanding, but the gods. Oh, but I know, I know you don't know anything. But if you know Jesus, you know that he knows. And that's all we need to know. Just be calm, be cool, relax, be at peace. Know that he who is peace himself knows. That's all you got to know. That's why there's peace on earth, because Christ is here. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Listen to what it said. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And you got to remember how many years this was before it happened, about 500 years or more, nearly 700, before he was even born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice 
and with righteousness from now until forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And then it spoke about the family in which Jesus would come in Isaiah 11.1. 1. So go now to Isaiah chapter 11. And it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. This is saying that Jesus is going to come from the family of David. And it says it in other places too. Jeremiah spoke many prophecies. Many prophecies. But we're going to speak a couple. But I'm going to start off with Jeremiah here. Speaking from chapter 1, verse 5. And this is God speaking to Jeremiah. And I'm saying this to you to once again tell you that you're chosen for a reason. One of the lines I love from the movie, Superman the movie, because, you know, I love where he says, you are here for a reason. I love when the dad says that. But that's true. That is true when God can say this to you every day. You can say, I don't feel like I'm anything. But, folks, God has chosen you, and you are here for a reason. I don't know what the reason is, and I don't need to know what the reason is. You go back to little, little boy Philip. Believe it or not, I was once little. <laughs> go back to little boy Philip and tell him he wouldn't believe it because I was so insecure and still can't be at times and didn't believe anything in myself, but I was here for a reason. What was it? I don't know except to serve God, just like you are. And God placed me where I am, just like God's placed you where you are, to serve him, to tell others about him. And just like he did Jeremiah, listen to what it says in Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This gets used on lots of calendars and things for people, and that's fine, as long as it's not misconstrued, misused. You're not necessarily going to be a leader of nations or a prophet to the nations. However, I don't know, because only God does. But I do know one thing, that before you were formed in the womb of your mother, before you were even made, God knew who you were. And God chose you for the position you're in. I know people here who led others here. I know people who led others to Christ. Does that mean they saved them? No, only Jesus saves. But God uses others to lead them to the truth, which is Christ. Because they were bold, they were brave, and they were willing to serve. And that's the truth. I'll come back to that in a moment. Jeremiah 31, 15. Jeremiah 31, 15 says, Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. This is speaking about the children who are going to be killed because of what King Herod would do. And we'll get to that in a moment. King Herod was going to kill so many children because he wanted to destroy the child Christ. Jeremiah said in uh, Jeremiah 23, 5. Jeremiah 23, 5. This goes along with what Isaiah said in verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I raise up for David a righteous branch, he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. The Messiah is coming. From the branch of David. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then Micah. Micah, who my nephew 
Freddie played last week. Micah said this. Micah said in chapter 5, verse 2 through 5, but God tells us this, Bethlehem Ephrathah is only a little town among all the many towns in Judah. God says, but I will choose someone who is born there. But I will rule, excuse me, but he will rule Israel for me. Long, long ago, I prepared for him to come. Then this ruler's own people who will stay, who are still alive will return to Israel. And this ruler will stay strong because the Lord will make him strong. He will supply what his people need. He will be like a man who supplies everything for his sheep. He will rule with authority from the Lord his God and his people will be safe. So then all over the world, people will know that he is great. In the beginning of verse 5, and he will cause the people to rest. And one last prophet that we will quote, Hosea. Hosea, who went through so much. Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Yes, his son would go to Egypt. Yes. And he would also be safe in Egypt in order to keep his son safe from death, from sure death. But not only were the prophets chosen, the very parents were chosen by God himself. The very parents, just like you're chosen. The parents were chosen. So let's now choose, let's now go to, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. As we're going to read 26 through 38. 26 through 38. Remember, Mary herself was chosen of all the women in the world and of all the women who were in Israel who were right there. Mary was chosen by God. He looked them all up and down, in and out of their hearts, of their soul. He knew when, and by the way, he knew when she would be born. Have you ever thought to yourself, why am I living now? Oh, I've heard so many Christians say, I'm living in the wrong time. Have you ever done that? <laughs> I'm living in the wrong time. I should have lived in the 1950s. I should have lived in the 1800s. I should have lived when it was a more moral time. Oh, I've heard so many Christians say it. Maybe you're laughing because you've thought that. But here's the truth. I said to someone one time, I shouldn't have lived any other time than I am right now. Because this is when God chose me to live. God chose me and God's never wrong. When is God wrong? Never. Never, never, never. God is never wrong. Never wrong. God is never wrong, and who are we to question? Now, I know that no one meant that when they were thinking it. They were never thinking, I'm right, God's wrong. But they were thinking, it would, I would have liked it better. But you know, if I had been born a different time, I'd have been dead at the age of 14. I would have been dead from my tumor. In my second one. In my third. In my fourth. <laughs> I would have been dead. But God chose for me now, because now is when you're needed. Now is when you're needed. Now is when you were chosen to be here. Just like Mary was chosen to be there then. As it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It says in the sixth month, what does it mean sixth month? This is the sixth month that, that uh, this is the sixth month that Elizabeth was expecting John. It says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, and it does mean virgin, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. 
And the virgin's name was Mary. And, and remember, Mary and Joseph were third cousins, okay? Uh, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, you who are high, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled by his words and considered in her mind what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, or some versions say, fear not. It means the same thing. Don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now you think about that. God looked among all the women of the world. And he said, you're the one. You're the one who's been chosen today. You, Mary, have been chosen. Now she was fearful because she was very, very humble. How could I be chosen? How could she be chosen? But she was chosen of God, found favor. Listen, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Now, this is a logical answer, a question, a logical question. This would be like someone saying to me, you're going to lose 172 pounds this night. And then you're going to fly in the morning. Well, none of this could physically happen. So how could she, how could she physically do the physically impossible? But with God, what's possible? All things, anything, all things, because God is the creator. God can do what no one can do. God sent the Holy Spirit upon her, which we'll talk about. Come on, Pastor, you're getting ahead of yourself now. Okay. So I back, I, I digress. Let's go back. Okay. So Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One, I'm not Jesus now, who will be born will be called the Son of God. Listen, your cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. By the way, that's also physically impossible. You women understand this. It's physically impossible. She could not have a son, but she was. That's a physically impossible thing. But God can make all things happen to his will, not to yours, to his. You're not his God, he's yours. And so, and so, it says, and this is the sixth month with her who was declared barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He departed from her. Then Mary sang some praises. We're not going to go through all the songs of Mary. We're not going to do that. But we are going to go through just a couple. And this is in the same book, Luke chapter 1. And we're going to read 46 through 49. Oh, she sang wonderful songs. I wish I knew the tune. And probably someone's given it the tune. But I'm not going to try to do that. It says in uh, chapter 1 of Luke, verses 46 through 49. And Mary said, or sang, it says, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his servant. You see how humble she is? 
Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And boy, do they. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Holy is his name. Holy is the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. She's not praising herself, and how dare people pray to her? How dare people put her high with God? Because that's not what she would want. But she was chosen, and Joseph was chosen. Joseph was also chosen. Now let's turn to Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. And it says in Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25, Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened this way. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, as they used to be engaged for about a year or so, said after Mary was engaged with Joseph, before they came together, it means to be together physically, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being just, uh, excuse me, being a just man, it means a righteous man, a good man, not willing to make her pub, a public example. See how good he was, trying to keep her safe. He had in mind to divorce her privately. I love Joseph. What a good feller. It says in verse 20, But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for he who is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've never quite thought of this, but I've seen it in movies and all. Think about how perplexed he was, how troubled he was. He was deeply, deeply, deeply in love with Mary. He was engaged to her after all. He must have known her his whole life. That's his third cousin, which is, by the way, it's legal to marry your third cousin. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just simply saying. Now, he was saying he was really in love with her. He loved her so much, known her his whole life. Must have loved her for a long time. Already asked for her hand from his, her folks and wanted to be her husband. Through that year, the husband had to gather up things, and he did. He was making a home, making a house, getting everything prepared. He was a carpenter. What did they make? They made things for the house, probably out of stone and out of wood, probably, but mostly out of, there wasn't a whole lot of wood there, so it was a lot of stuff out of stone. He was making things there for her, trying to prepare a good home for a wife for the one he loved. All of a sudden she comes back out of being gone for three months. She was gone for three months with her cousin Elizabeth. And suddenly there was a difference. She gained some weight. Now this wasn't because of overeating from bonbons or whatever. <laughs> this wasn't that. This is from a woman who was obviously with child. Most likely as they put in movies and things, most likely she was trying to keep it covered, keep it secret. But you can't keep that secret for very long. People probably wanted to stone her because that would have been the law. So therefore, he brought her in to, as if they were married, not with him physically, but he said, I'll, I'll go ahead and have her marry me so to keep her safe. Didn't want her killed. Then I'll divorce her in secret. To keep her safe, to protect her name, that shows true love. This is how, what a good man he was. He was chosen just like Mary was chosen, and God even speaks to him more than Mary. That doesn't mean he's better than Mary, but it does go to show you just how chosen he was too. So... It says in verse, okay, it says that uh, she will conceive a son from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall name, call his, this is verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, 
now all this occurred to fulfill what the Lord has spoken through the prophet saying, like we said a while ago, a virgin shall be with child and will bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Then Joseph being awakened from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He remained with his wife, which goes to show you, because once you're engaged, it's like you're married, but you're just not with him physically. So he remained with her. So Joseph awakened from the, and the angel, did as the angel commanded, remained with his wife, verse 25, and did not know her, it means wasn't with her physically, until she had given birth to her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, even the birthplace was chosen, as we see in Luke, back to Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. It says, so Joseph, this is Luke 2, 4 through 7. So Joseph also departed from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem in Judea, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So while they were there, the day came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in strips of cloth or swaddling clothes, as the Bible also says in other versions, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That birthplace was chosen too. Everything was chosen. The prophets were chosen. Mary the mother was chosen. Joseph the father was chosen. The birthplace was chosen. And yes, as we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20, the shepherds were chosen. Yes, even the shepherds. Shepherds were looked at very lowly as if they were no good, but they were chosen too. Because it says in verse 8, and in the same area there were shepherds living in fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared unto them. Yes, even the angel was chosen. It appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there were with the angel, there was a company of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Then the angels went away from them into heaven and the shepherds said to each other, let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. So they came hurrying and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the word which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it had been told unto them. Now you think about this. They were chosen. God said, you're going to be my messengers. Oh, it wasn't as so many people expected it. He chose these shepherds, these people who were thought lowly. Just like you, some people may not think highly of you. It doesn't matter what they think. It only matters what God thinks. You may say, but I am not the greatest speaker. Moses thought the same thing. When God chose Gideon, he thought, I can't talk, God. God knew he 
do. God said, I'm choosing you. There is a pastor I know who thought he couldn't talk. He stuttered, he stumbled, has a great big gap in his teeth. He's handsome as all get out, but he thought all these things and God said, I'm choosing you, you balding beauty. And he got up there and he decided he's going to be a pastor, not because I wanted to be, not because I thought I could be, but because God told me this is what I have called you to do. And you know what? I'm going to be obedient because I was chosen, not because of what I can do, because I can do nothing without Christ, but because what God can do through me, he can change me. He can do anything through me, just like you. It's not because of what you are, but because of what your Savior is through you. God chose witnesses in Luke 2, 21 through 38. When the eight days had passed, the child was circumcised and he was named Jesus. The name was given by by the angel before uh, he was conceived in the womb. When the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed by the way we know that they fulfilled the law that they went by the law jesus fulfilled those laws he didn't ignore them not at all but when they were completed they brought him to jerusalem to present him to the lord as it was written in the law of the lord every firstborn male shall be called holy to the lord and the, uh, the uh, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the lord a pair of turtle doves or or two pigeons. Two turtle doves. They gave two turtle doves unto the Lord. That's what they did. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he received him in his arms and blessed God and said, now before I go there, let me just say, this man was ready. He was serving God every day. People a lot of times say, how come I'm not chosen? How come I'm not the chosen one? Well, you must be obedient to God every day, serving God. If God calls you, by the way, you're already called. But you have to be obedient to be used of God. God calls you, but you have to be calling upon him too. If you want to hear from God, be listening. Be listening. If you're out there doing other things and listening to other gods of the world, so to speak, or to be entertainment, which I've been guilty of in the past. If you're listening to all other things but the Lord God, how can you expect to hear and listen to God? You can't. But he was listening. He was listening. And so he received him in his arms, verse 28. He received him in his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were spoken about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, listen, this child is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign which will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce through their own soul also. And there was Anna the prophetess 
a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was a great of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about 84, 84 years of age who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. Coming at that moment, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now you think of this, God used these two witnesses to show, to show them that the Lord had come, but he didn't just choose them. He chose others back to the book of Matthew because he chose the Magi. Yes, he chose the Magi, even the Magi. Who are the Magi? The wise men. He chose the wise men, those very wise men. But I want to explain something to you. Though he did choose those wise men, those wise men also chose God. They had been looking and waiting and they knew the word. So the Magi were chosen. And where do we find this? We find this in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And now we're going to go to verse 7 through 12. We don't really need to hear all the things that Herod has to say, do we? But it says, then Herod when he had privately called the wise men carefully inquired of them what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again. So they, so, excuse me, so that I may come and worship him also. Of course, he's lying through his teeth. Herod was an evil, evil man, a wicked man. But listen to what happens in uh, verse nine. When they heard the king, they departed, and the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great excitement. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Now, even the treasures were chosen of God. It talks about the gifts that were given. And the first was gold. Gold. Well, now come on, gold. Gave gold to the king. It says there they gave gold. Gives to him gold. And they gave frankincense. They gave myrrh. They gave these unto him. But they were chosen for a reason. Gold represents his royalty. He's king. And God knew that. That's why these gifts were chosen. Frankincense because his, uh, his divinity. He was divine. Holy. Myrrh because this in a way was a prophecy of what he would go through. Myrrh was given at death at the time, for the rich, that is. And he came to die 
But he didn't come to stay dead. And I want you to remember that. That's what these gifts represent. They were chosen too. They were chosen too. And so, and so they gave the treasures. They presented the gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's verse 11. And then verse 12. But being warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. You see how God knew who he chose? Any other men who didn't come for the right reasons, they very well have turned him in and taken all the riches. Not them. Because there are greater riches than what you can receive here on earth. And they knew it. They were there for the good reasons. And one other thing. You have been chosen. As I've said a few times today, you have been chosen. You are here for a reason, as I said before. You're here for a reason. You've been chosen for a place in a relationship with Jesus and in his life. Okay, so therefore, Jesus Christ has already lived here on earth. And then he died, but he didn't stay dead. He's alive now. And even though when I a lot of times look at people in the Bible, especially Philip and Philip, there's a couple of Philips in there. One of the Philips I don't care for much because it was Herod's son. <laughs> he was a wretch. But here's the truth. When I look at some of the people in the Bible, whether it be Peter, maybe you can relate to some of these people. But folks, we don't need to relate with them. Maybe we have some similarities. But you get to have a relationship with Jesus now. You have been chosen for a reason and you've been chosen for a relationship with Jesus now. He's chosen you to live for him, to be with him. And you've been chosen for Christmas now. Maybe you've been chosen to allow other people to see Jesus Christ living in you. Maybe you've been chosen to let people see the true reason for Christmas. And you were chosen to be here today now so that other people can see and feel the love of Christ living in you. It doesn't matter what you receive in a stocking. Oh, all that extra dressing is fun, but it doesn't really matter what you receive or don't receive in a stocking. It doesn't really matter what you wear and don't wear tomorrow if you wear a Santa hat or not. I got my little Santa hat right here, and it, it doesn't really matter if I wear it or don't wear it. It's all fun, but here's the truth. Only thing that matters is if you're wearing Christ in your heart for others to see, let it shine for the whole world to see. Listen, you're supposed to have a close personal relationship with Jesus. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 2.9. In 1 Peter 2.9, but you, are, and this is talking to Christians, not the Jewish, and by that I'm talking about Judaism. It doesn't say for the Jews, but to the Christians. Peter, who was one of the chosen 12, they were chosen too. Peter says this, and before I read it, 1 Peter 2, 9, I want you to remember the chosen 12. Every single one of them were chosen for a close relationship with Jesus. And 11, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Simon, James the Less, Thaddeus, they all had good relationships. But there's one, Judas Iscariot, who chose not to stay in that relationship, not to ever know him. He was lost. He's in hell now, unfortunately. He chose that. Even though you're chosen for a relationship with Jesus, you choose what kind of relationship, if any, you have. You either have a strong relationship or not. That's up to you. But listen to what it says in 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may declare the goodness of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in him, excuse me, which he proposed in himself as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and on earth. Now, some people misuse this when they see pre, the word predestined, which means in, in their mind, this is where Calvinism comes in. They see in their mind, that means that God has it in mind for some to go to heaven and some go to hell. But that's not what it means. It means that God chose all of us to go to heaven, but some choose not to come to Christ. He gives us all free will after all. Romans 8, 28 through 30 goes right along with this. Romans 8, 28 through 30 say, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. If we allow God, he can make us whatever he needs us to be. Well, excuse me, let me say there, he wants us to be what we need to be because we need to be what God wants us to be. We need to let God change us. God's called us. God chose us. Remember John 15, 16. Remember what he said to those disciples. Remember the disciples I told you about a moment ago? That God called those disciples. He called them all. But when he said this in John 15, 16, he'd already had Judas walk away and go do what he was going to do. But he was talking to those 11, and he's talking to you right now. Listen to what he said in John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that the Father may give you whatever you ask him in my name. We can do whatever God wants us to do. We have free will to let his will be done in us. You have to make a choice. That's where free will comes in. You have to make a choice. To have a wonderful relationship with Jesus. The question is, what kind of relationship do you want with Christ? How strong do you want to be with your relationship with Christ? How close do you want to be? What role do you want to play in the life of Jesus? An obedient, strong servant of the Lord? A wonderful child who loves their father God? Or do you want to be rebellious? 
well, I'm already part of the family. I don't need to serve him. He already knows me and I know him. We have our own deal going. It's sad how many Christians are that way, but we don't need to be that way. We need to be obedient and serve him. And I close today, I close today reading Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, 12 through 13 says this. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, as Christ forgave you, so you must do. As we live in this world, and we see fights going on all the time, we see wars going on, we see wars among family, among friends. We see it online all the time. You are called and chosen because perhaps God wants to be the peacemaker through you. You've been chosen in this world. You are his children. He's chosen you. Not only be chosen, but choose to be the peacemaker. Choose to be the one to show the love of Christ. There's going to be times your feelings will be hurt. There's going to be times that you don't feel emotionally. Feel like speaking up. But let your spirit speak out above your emotions. Let the spirit of the Lord speak out above all the other things. Because God has chosen you. So now it's your time and your turn to choose God above you. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we pray today and we thank you for choosing us. We thank you, Lord God, for looking above all of our faults, which we have many, for looking above all the things that we look down on ourselves about. But Lord God, you have given us gifts. You, Lord, continue to give us gifts and allow us to bear fruit through the Holy Spirit. We pray today that we will look to your will and not our own. We pray today that you will help us to grow and help us, Lord God, to choose your will and not our own will. That today we will choose to follow you. And that we will choose to be chosen. And choose this Christmas, be chosen for Christmas. And allow your gift to be seen and received by others. We pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.